Our scripture today comes from Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. I'll be reading today from the message paraphrase. So, chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline. Be even-tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. And regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic, all-purpose garment. Never be without it. Let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other, in step with each other. None of this going off and doing your own thing. And cultivate thankfulness. Let the word of Christ, the message, have the run of the house. Give it plenty of room in your lives. Instruct and direct one another using good common sense. And sing. Sing your hearts out to God. Let every detail in your lives, words, actions, whatever, be done in the name of the Master, Jesus, thanking God the Father every step of the way. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, one of the trending shows on Netflix this, these days is the show Get Organized with Home Edit. And expert home organizers, Clea and Joanna, take celebrities and everyday clients and help them edit, categorize, and contain their clutter into some of the most beautiful spaces. Now, there is really something therapeutic for many of us about seeing everything in its proper place. I mean, the world could be in absolute chaos and burning down around us, but if my sock drawer is organized, all is well. Now, getting organized is not easy. If it were, there wouldn't be a ton of shows about how to do it, and people wouldn't pay really good money for people to come into their homes and hang up shirts for them. But can you guess the most challenging part of this get organized process? Well, if you said purging or editing, as Cleo and Clea and Joanna say, you're a winner. You know, accepting that you have too much and deciding what to do with it is really the hardest part of the process. There are piles of clothes never worn, some still with tags or that clothes that haven't been worn in years and no longer fit or are completely out of style. And let's be honest, they probably never were in style to begin with. And then let's talk about the pantries, right? Food that was uh, expired in the time of the Reagan administration. Yeah, we've all had some of those things. Stuff that has no value and stuff that even can make us look a bit ugly. Many of us need a closet makeover. Yeah, maybe in a literal sense, <clears throat> but don't call me. Call Clea and Joanna. They'll come help you out. But we also need a closet makeover in a spiritual sense. We need a time of editing and some purging. And you know what? Today, we are going to get a little fashion advice from a very unlikely source, a first century traveling preacher named Paul. While in prison, Paul writes a letter to new believers in a small town called Colossae. And we read part of that letter in our text today. 
these were believers were dealing with some cultural struggles and pressures, pressures that we don't really know exactly what they were, but we do know that they were causing them to lose focus on living the way of Jesus. And so Paul was writing to encourage them to remember whose they are and how they should live and act. Now, prior to the portion that we read today in our text, Paul reminds the readers that if we are serious about living a new life in Christ, then we have to act like it too. We must set our mind on things that are above, not things that are on the earth, things that are earthly that we need to put to death, things like these things that Paul mentions in chapter 3, verse 8, things like anger and wrath, malice, slander, and abusive language from our mouths. Paul is calling us to go through our character closet, to do some editing and purging, and to get rid of the stuff that is out of season for a follower of Jesus, things that no longer fit, things that even make us look ugly, and to replace them with a better wardrobe. And why? Because we are God's chosen ones, chosen for this new life of love, because our old ways died with Christ, and they are to be replaced with an entirely new wardrobe God picked out for us. Now, if there is anything this political season is showing us, it's this. Followers of Christ have some editing to do. Now, before we start critiquing others and what they're wearing, and sounding like, you know, one of those third-rate fashion critiques or bloggers, let's do what some of our mamas taught us to do before we leave the house. And let's take a look in the mirror. Because, you see, it's really tempting to tell others what we think of their outfits and what they're wearing and their attitudes. But the best place to begin is always to take a good look in the mirror and critique our own outfit first. What clothes should Christ followers be wearing? What practices ought to characterize the community that finds its identity and direction in the story of Jesus? See, according to our text today, we are called to be, as Christ is, people who embody compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, forgiveness, love, peace, and thanksgiving. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, forgiveness, love, peace, and thanksgiving. All the words we naturally think of when we think of politics and elections, right? The very words that describe our conversations, our social media posts and engagements, our private thoughts and positions towards those across the aisle, right? The very words that people outside the faith would use to describe people of faith that they've encountered throughout this campaign season. Yeah? In fact, so much of what we hear praised around us is the exact opposite of God's wardrobe. We are pushed to dress in power and self-protection, self-preservation, and winning. The traits that Paul mentions in Colossians are often seen as naive and unrealistic in the real world. Yet Paul is reminding us that 
This is the very wardrobe of Jesus Christ. And we, as the chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, are to dress like Christ, not the world. What would it look like this election season to be dressed in compassion? What does kindness look like in a conversation with someone who you strongly disagree with about something really important to you? What does humility look like after November 3rd when an election goes your way but leaves others feeling very afraid and vulnerable? What does gentleness look like when someone attacks us or someone that we love for who we support or the opinions that we have? What does patience look like when someone doesn't want to even try to understand why you believe what you do? And what does forgiveness look like when things don't go as you hope they will the next four years? For sure, this is not a wardrobe of naivety. This is the wardrobe of prodigals. This is the wardrobe of those who know themselves only as the beloved of Christ. And because of that love, we willingly give Christ rule of our lives and our words and our actions and our attitudes. This is the wardrobe of those who have been ambushed by the compassion, the kindness, the humility, the gentleness, the patience and forgiveness of Christ. This is the wardrobe of grace. Author Sarah Anderson, in her book, The Space Between Us, writes, Grace is both the best news and how it benefits us, and the worst news and how it benefits others. That to keep company with Jesus inevitably means we would keep company with people we despise as well. Jesus preached a message to the powerful and mighty that those who were seen as less than were deemed worthy and valuable and deserving of love, while also preaching a message to the crowds that this very same message of love, acceptance, and grace was for the people doing the oppressing and judging as well. The challenge for us is evident even in that statement, that as we listen to it and bring our own perspectives and experiences who we identify as the less than, the forgotten, and those that are the oppressors differs among us. And we, we get stuck there, unable to understand how anyone could think anything other than what we do. And taunted by a world that preys on fear and division, we start pulling out all the old clothes Paul listed in 3.8 of Colossians. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, abusive language. We start dehumanizing and stop seeing the image of God in the other. Positions and opinions, they do matter. But our posture matters more. Paul says the most important part of the wardrobe, the coat that completes the outfit, the thread that binds it all together, is love. Colossians 3.14 says, And regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic all-purpose garment. Never be without it. If there is a common theme among Paul's writings and letters in the Second or New Testament, it is this, 
love, and unity. Love one another. Be unified. No matter your differences, love one another. Extend grace. One of the things that I love about our church, about First Baptist Church, Jefferson City, Missouri, is that it is a thinking church. Now, I've told this countless times around the world to people when I've talked about our church. We have people in this faith family that disagree strongly on football teams and baseball teams, on music and movie preferences, and on social issues and politics. Yet we are one body in love and in Christ. Is it messy? Yes. Is it hard? Absolutely yes. Do we always dress in the clothes of Christ in our conversations and actions with one another? No. But there is a desire here to fight for unity in love, even when we are not uniform in thought. I don't want to be a part of a church that thinks the same. I need to hear different perspectives and experiences and how you came to have those, and you do too. I don't want to be a part of a church that thinks the same. I want to be part of a church that loves the same. A church that chooses to dress in the wardrobe of Christ. Sarah also writes in her book, The Space Between Us, that if our political and religious climate has taught us anything, it's that we can hold the right positions and still get so very much, maybe even the most crucial things, wrong. We may believe rightly, but we behave poorly. We may have the correct doctrine, but initiate a shameful discourse. We may be spot on in our politics, but communicate using disgraceful tactics. We may, as the Apostle Paul so elegantly put it when waxing poetic to the church of Corinth, speak in tongues of angels, give all we have to the poor, understand God's secret knowledge, and sacrifice our bodies. But if we do not have love, we have gained nothing. When people embody these qualities, they make possible a community that lives in harmony. Such communities are ruled by the peace of Christ. Colossians 3.15 in the NRSV translation reads, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body, and be thankful. The word translated rule has a meaning not of power and authority, but more of wise discernment, possessing an unruffled, non-anxious center that pursues good for all. A community that's ruled by the peace of Christ is a community not driven by fear, but rather by love. And our world, our very hearts, are in desperate need of a community like this. Season one of The Home Edit on Netflix has eight episodes. And all eight episodes feature brand new clients except for one. There is one celebrity that Clea and Joanna return to because her closet has gotten chaotic again. 
A year earlier, they had gone and edited with her and organized and created a wonderful space, but the client had dropped the system and allowed clutter to come back in, and it was a mess again. And with zero shame, or very little shame, the home edit team comes back, and they make some tweaks to help get her straightened out again. My friends, we are not going to get this right all the time. We're going to have to do closet makeovers again and again. Because like some new clothes, the clothes of Christ aren't the most comfortable or easiest to wear. They can feel a bit awkward, and it's really easy and tempting to just discard them or shove them to the back of the closet and to reach for the old clothes that we're used to, especially when those old clothes are what's in style in our world. But that is why, as Paul reminds us, we set our mind on things that are above and think, rather than things that are on the earth. As those changed by God's love and grace, we look at the mirror constantly to check our own outfits. And in doing so, we become a mirror for others as we live in those clothes. As those who have been ambushed by the compassion, the kindness, the humility, the gentleness, the patience, the forgiveness of Christ, let us dress ourselves in his likeness. And over all of it, wear the coat of love that completes the outfit. And then the peace of Christ will have the rule of our lives. And we will be one heart and one mind under one God. Let's pray together this morning. God, we are so thankful for these reminders from Scripture that you breathe into our lives at moments we need to hear them. Especially this reminder today, God, of who we are in you. That because of how you love us, because of the grace that you've extended us, because of the qualities of Christ, we are challenged to dress ourselves in those same ways. We are not to be of this world because we aren't of this world. We are of your world. And so, God, we ask you to help us take a look in the mirror, to keep our eyes there focused on you, not on each other, but ourselves. And God, speak to us, allow us to hear your spirit on those things that we need to check, those things that we need to discard from our lives so that we can take up and put on the wardrobe you have chosen for us. God, help us in those moments when it's not easy and we need your grace and mercy. The love and forgiveness we extend to others has to come from the love and forgiveness that you give to us. We cannot do it on our own. But God, we so desperately want to be your people. We want to be a different witness in this world and during this election and campaign in the years to come. May we be the church that you've called us to be. Where may we be a source of goodness and hope and mercy and forgiveness and love in this world. We thank you for your grace and mercy. And out of your love for us, let it change us. In your name we pray. Amen.